How you come back? That speaks volumes. And we're going to have a hell of a football team. Be great on three. One, two, three. Are you with me now? Say, are you with me now? They fucked us good in a while. They want us to sit it down. Can you hear me now? They might go in and out. I stop and just look around. See if you're with me now. Tell me how you're with me now. Ready to put it down. Start at the bottom. I'm ready for bottom, but they won't forgive me now. You really ain't ready now. You haters just in the crowd. But still, I just look around. Are you with me now? Are you with me now? This is the big nasty. Yeah, big nasty Hall of Fame Tempe Buccaneer fan, baby. This is Mike Allstott, Tempe Buccaneers, and you're listening to the Cannon Fire Podcast. Cannon Fire Podcast, brother! You ain't listening, and you're missing out. Woo! Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to a brand new edition of the Cannon Fire Podcast. Coming at you today for episode 68. And the Buccaneers play the Giants on Sunday. We're going to break down everything you need to know about that game and some things you might not have already known about that game here today on the show. So welcome back. If you're new around here, I am your host, Rhett. Evan is out sick today. But joining me today is a good buddy of the show and someone we've been trying to get on the show for what seems like forever. And today I am joined by my buddy James, and most people know him as Mr. Bucks Nation. So James, how you doing today, bud? Doing good, Red. Doing real good. Not gonna lie, scared me with that intro. Still <laughs> didn't get the cue. Still didn't get the cue down. You caught me mid sip of my drink so scared me but hey i'm doing good <laughs> oh it's all good it's all good man it's all about the uh the natural nature of the show we always catch you when you least expect it that's the beauty of it that is the beauty of it but uh <laughs> yeah doing good man doing good bucks one and one just got a good win against the panthers oh yeah against the giants now so uh yeah feeling really good man feeling really good absolutely so like you said the buccaneers coming off of a pretty good win against the uh carolina panthers always good to get one of those division games uh in the win column and, of course, 1-1, one one, tied for first place in the NFC South right now, so it's got to feel good. And if you want to keep that up, you're going to have to beat this Giants team on Sunday. Now, let's kind of break down the circumstances coming into this game. The 0-2 New York football Giants are headed to Tampa, and the Buccaneers will try to pick up a critical win at home because after Sunday, they will not see Raymond James Stadium again until November 10th. Oh, that's a lot of days without Bucks football in Tampa, James. That is a lot of days without Bucks football <laughs> in Tampa. Uh, what was the date again? November what? November 10th. So almost two full months. Yeah. About. That's awful. <laughs> and, and I mean, you know, the biggest thing that grinds my gears about it is the fact that after the schedule was dropped, we all reacted to it. We all knew this stretch was coming. And even the NFL schedule makers, like, oh, well, you know, if there was one team I could change, really screwed the pooch on is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And 
That's fantastic, but nothing was done about it, and the Bucks still have to uh, go on the road for seven straight weeks. And it's not a pretty stretch of games they've got either. They're facing some top talent, and uh, it'll be rough, but we'll see what this Bucks team is made of. I mean, bright side, we get to go to more home games to finish out the year, you know, which is, I would say, a little bit better, right? It'll be cooler uh, outside. Right. Not not just that, too, but, you know, if the Buccaneers come out of this, uh, you know, seven-week-long road trip, you know, in a playoff-esque position, I'd rather have those home games later on in the year so you get more of an advantage to try and secure that playoff spot. Right, especially towards if this is a team that's contending, you're going to be rallying in those last few games. And like you said, having the advantage to play at home is something really, really big, especially, let's say, later on in the season, mid-October, end of October, JPP looks like he's coming back. Of course, he's got to get into football shape again. But we said here on the show, if you get a guy like that back, it's going to be because this team is pushing for the playoffs. So those home games are pretty detrimental in that stretch. But... Taking a look at the New York Giants that come to town this week. I look at the Giants, and I see a team very similar to Carolina in where they crutch themselves on their run game, and they rely heavily on Saquon Barkley in their offense, who, I mean, there's really no question about it. He's probably the best running back in the league right now. The Bucks defense did a good job of shutting down Christian McCaffrey, who I think is the best dual threat running back in the league right now. They held him to 37 yards last week. So the question then becomes, how is this defense going to stand up to the challenge of this Giants offense? Because not only Saquon Barkley, but Daniel Jones is going to be starting his first game as a starter. So that'll be interesting as well. And we know the Bucks normally don't do that great against rookie quarterbacks. So what's your take? And then we'll jump into the statistics of this game. So a lot of my thought process about one, how to handle this Giants team um, goes a lot into what Bruce Arians has said about it in his recent press conferences. Now, uh, Bruce Arians said before they played the Carolina Panthers that Christian McCaffrey, best dual threat running back in the league right now. He said that he used to think it was David Johnson, but then Christian McCaffrey came along and the Buccaneers did a good job of containing him. Now, they've asked Bruce Arians, how are you going to contain Saquon Barkley? And basically his answer is, we just got to literally swarm him. Like, we just have to get, like, four or five guys to just tackle him. Right. And we got to be a sure tackling team. Because if you miss a tackle on Saquon Barkley, he can just go. You know, and he's, you know, he's gone. So, basically, that's, and, you know, granted, that's literally, like, the only way. You know, it's just bring, like, three or four guys. Because, Bruce, uh, they even asked Bruce Arians, saying, well, you guys stopped Christian McCaffrey. And Bruce Arians laughed, and he said, those guys are on different planets. Yeah. Like, Sa- Saquon's faster, he's bigger, he's stronger. Like, he's just, it's just a big deal, you know? Yeah. So, I think that, I think that, um, what am I trying to say here? I think that, you know, just gang tackling. Just gang tackle. Oh, yeah, guy. definitely. You, it, you know, that's the, that's the only strategy I can think of right now. <laughs> and <laughs> and that's, that's the only, you know, that's the only strategy that Bruce can think of, which yeah. is, you know. And I'll say this. I think that's something that this Bucks team has done a little bit better is kind of just send players towards the ball. Um, because a lot of what we had seen, especially in Mike Smith's defense, is not only players who can't tackle, uh, but you would, got, you would have guys out of position and be 10 yards off of the play, you know, Kind of like what it looked like when Greg Olson was left wide open against Carolina. You just don't really have anybody there. 
we've seen a little less of that. And when we have seen guys get to the play, you've got three, four, or even five guys making a play on the ball to get that tackle. Um, so that's what you really like to see. But let me throw some numbers at you about this New York offense. Because, yes, they haven't tasted victory yet. But a lot of people don't seem to realize this Giants team has no problem at all moving the ball on offense. Saquon Barkley averages 7.8 yards per carry. And the now-benched Eli Manning found a new favorite target in speedy tight end Evan Ingram. Uh, the Giants average 420 yards of offense through two weekends. Um, if this doesn't sound like trademark Buccaneers football, I don't know what is because here's the kicker. Unfortunately for the Giants, the team's defense has surrendered 441 yards per outing and 63 total points in two games. Wow. I mean, you know, this is – it's such a mixed bag because people look at this Giants team and they're like, yeah, the Bucks should win. And I agree. I think they should win this game. If the Bucks are going to be a good football team this year, they have to beat the Giants. There really is no if ands, or buts about that. If you lose to the Giants at home, it's just not that great of a look. Uh, but, I mean, it's going to be a test for this defense because I, I'd say when it comes to just pure numbers so far – over these first two games, this New York offense seems to be the most proven. I mean, they've got the numbers to show. You know what it reminds me of, Rhett, is it reminds me of the Buccaneers last year and the year before that is yeah. really high yardage offense, but their defense is just, you know, their defense is giving up as many yards as their offense is getting, you know? Yeah. Um, and that's, uh, from what we've seen from the Bucks' perspective, that's not a recipe for success. Two, five, and 11 seasons in a row with numbers like that. So it sounds like this Giants team is um, on a path that our team was on the last two years, you know? So it'll be interesting to see. Um, it'll be really interesting to see. Like you said, Saquon Barkley, arguably, you know, top three running back in the league right now. The guy's only been in the league, what, two years? One or two years now? Yeah. He's going to be a problem. He's going to be a problem. <laughs> uh, I'm very interested to see how they stop them. But much like in the case of the Carolina Panthers, I think that if you can stop their running back, you know, I don't know how the, how, I don't know how good that Giants offense is going to turn out after well, that. You know, well, and that seems to be the biggest strength of the Bucks defense so far. We kind of said it on the show coming into the season. Um, this is a team that you're not very easily going to be able to run the ball on. Um, and, and, I mean, Saquon Barkley is the type of guy you can hand it to him and send him up the gut, and he's probably not going to get anywhere. Um, but like you said, James, and we can't stop mentioning this, he is a next-level running back. So even if he gets a stretch and just goes all the way around the outside, he's got the speed to do it, and he's a big-body guy who can bounce off some tackles. So... It's going to be interesting to see how this team can capitalize because they are so good at stopping the run. They're really, really good. They stopped the run against San Francisco, against Carolina, we had just mentioned. Um, so it's going to be very, very interesting. But another wild card in this offense for the Giants, we briefly mentioned it, but Eli Manning was benched this week in favor of Giants first-round pick Daniel Jones. And yeah. if you had told me two weeks after the draft that Daniel Jones was going to be starting against the Bucks, I would have laughed at you. And, I mean, now it is still kind of funny because, I don't know, that guy was a top ten pick and people lost what, their minds. 
Yeah, he's the sixth. He was the sixth overall pick uh, in the draft, taken right after Devin White. So you know, it's going to be really interesting to see how he does. We talked about this at the beginning of the show. Uh, Bucks don't have a good track record with rookie quarterbacks he- and backup quarterbacks. Here's the thing, though. Bruce Arians, 6-0 and against rookie quarterbacks. And I believe okay. Byron Leftwich is 3-0 and against rookie okay. quarterbacks. I think that's a stat. Okay. No, Todd Bowles, I believe. I'm sorry, not Byron Leftwich, but Todd Bowles, 3-0 and against rookie quarterbacks. Uh, Evan threw that out at us towards the end of the show last week, and it's, it's really sticking with me because I hope we can keep the streak alive. Well, I, I'll tell you what, too, is... Um... You know, I, you just said it was. It was you, you, you'd laugh if you said uh, that uh, Daniel Jones would be starting against the Bucks. I thought the plan was going to be, you know, sit Daniel Jones the whole year. Eli Manning is going to be the starter, and then next year, right? You know? Right. But I, I think that Pat Shermer, he's feeling a little bit of the heat. You know, his seat's getting a little bit hot. Thinking he's probably thinking, I got to do something to get a win here. You know, just put in the rookie, whatever. You know, let's just do it now, you know? Maybe that's their thought process. I'm not sure. <laughs> the more we break this down, the more I get flashbacks of Dirk Cutter, who was in the hot seat and had to felt like he had to make a week-by-week decision at quarterback. You know? Yeah. Ryan, and, I mean, we're not talking about a rookie first-round. Well, we're not talking about a rookie and mm-hmm. a guy who has won two Super Bowls. We're talking about Ryan Fitzpatrick and Jameis Winston. But... You know, right. kind of a similar situation. Like you said, Shermer is kind of in the hot seat, and he's going to have to make some changes. So um, for their sake, they're going to want to see Daniel Jones win. But I don't know, man. It, it, it To throw a rookie quarterback into his first game in the NFL against a Buccaneers defense that is hotter than they've ever been right now, I feel like for New York, it's just a recipe for disaster, and they're going to feed it to Barkley as much as they can. Or it's just going to be, you know, Daniel Jones finds someone on a short slant route, and they go for there on checkdowns all day. Well, you know, man, and and I've been seeing on social media, I've been seeing, you know, national media say, this is going to be a great, this is the perfect time to put in Daniel Jones. I've even seen some Bucks media people say, Oh yeah, this is this is a. I guess this is a good time for the Giants to put in Daniel Jones because Bucks fans don't show up to the games and there will be Giants. Right. You know, this will be the coziest away game for Daniel Jones. And I'm sitting here thinking, Shaq Barrett just got three sacks on Cam Newton. Right. Just got just got Player of the Week. Yeah, there might not be a whole heck of a lot of fans there, but this Bucks team is going to bring pressure. Of course, they're going to bring pressure. They're one of the most uh, efficient pass rushing teams right now. Yeah. So they're gonna, that's what I think the Giants should be worried about. Not like, oh, well, there's going to be fans out there. This will be fun. Worried about worry about defensive linemen coming in Daniel Jones' face, making him make rookie mistakes, well, you know, and throwing bad passes. You here's know? another number I can throw out at you regarding the Bucks' pass rush. So per Seth Walder. The Buccaneers have a 60% pass rush win rate through two games, which is fourth best in the NFL. So, uh, again, this pass rush is really something not to be tampered with. It is going to be a test to see if they can take advantage because you got to shut down Saquon Barkley, but at the end of the day, you still have to pressure the quarterback. And they did that against Cam Newton. Now we just have to see if they can do it against New York, who arguably I think might be – a worse offensive line. Yeah, I I'm very interested. I believe Shaq, yeah, the big Shaq Barrett guy over here. By the way, uh, <laughs> Shaq Barrett. I think he's gonna be going up against Nate Solder most of the game. Um, so Solder's that'll be no slouch. 
yes, Solder's no slouch, so that's going to be an interesting matchup. But you have Willie Hernandez on that Giants offensive line, big fan of his. After that, it's a little bit up in the air, especially on yeah. that right side of the Giants offensive line. Uh, that's a little bit of a question mark. Right tackle, um, that's going to be a little bit inter- interesting. Center, um, right guard, you know, I'm, I'm interested to see how those guys do. Um, and hopefully the Buccaneers get pressure. That's one of the greatest things for a defense. They love playing rookie quarterbacks because you bring them, you bring enough pressure. The rookie's a rookie, you know. I mean, yeah. no, rookie, <laughs> no, no rookie's going to be insanely perfect. So I, I could see Daniel Jones really feeling the pressure, making some bad snap de- decisions, and uh, being in favor of the Buccaneers' defense. So I'm interested to see how that goes. Definitely. Another thing about this New York team that we can go over. Uh, and a really big thing that we've talked about with the Bucks in the past, but so far this season, New York has lost the turnover battle. Uh, they've coughed it up four times without recording a takeaway. Contrastingly, the Bucks have won one game, and they've come pretty close in other based, mostly on their stingy defense. Uh, one offensive touchdown only allowed so far, and um, they'll really have to wake up offensively against the Giants because... You look at the defense, we just talked about the huge amount of numbers they give up. This is a chance for this offense to finally mesh and kind of figure out who's going to get a little more involved because over these first two games, Mike Evans has been kind of scarce. First game against San Francisco, you know, he was throwing up on the sidelines. He had that bug bothering him. Second game, I feel like he wasn't 100% over it. Like, he was out there playing, but I just feel like, you know, he wasn't involved as he could have been, and he was getting double coveraged. He's been he's been double coverage more than any other offensive player on the Bucks so far. But I think this game truly is a chance for Jameis Winston to not only get comfortable and finding each and every target that he has, uh, but for these guys to just finally figure it out. And another guy that I point to on this offense that I really want to see step up against New York, and historically he's got a pretty good track record against the Giants. That's OJ Howard. I almost said O.J. Simpson. <laughs> oh, O.J. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, I mean, I've seen him active on Twitter lately. I oh, guess, dude, uh, he's killing it over there, right? He really is. He's making videos. He 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 basically chronicled the whole Antonio Brown saga, uh, all all based off the perspective of his fantasy football team. I still, so I still think that was, the funniest thing from O.J. so far is uh, his first video on Twitter. At the very end, he goes, "I got a little getting even to do." What? <laughs> whoa, whoa. <laughs> I forgot about that one, Rhett. Oh, uh, yeah, man. Yeah, that's that's something. So uh, he, he's he's interesting on Twitter. But, yeah, O.J. Howard, um, phenomenal tight end, right? This was supposed to be his breakout year where O.J.'s going to be a top three tight end. You know, that was that was supposed to be like his – that was supposed to be like his year, you know? Yeah. And so far, it's been rough. It's it's been rough, man. Not just in receiving the ball, but also in pass blocking, um, and in run blocking, he struggled a little bit. So I definitely want to see him improve here. Like you said, Giants defense. This is the one. You know? Right. <laughs> this is it. This is for everybody to get on track, build that chemistry. Evans, like you said, I kind of thought a similar thing of maybe he's not over that flu. You know, also double coverage, you want to take away Mike Evans, but then you have Chris Godwin, who we saw have a big game. Brashad Perriman struggled a little bit, which is sad for me because he's one of my guys. But, Man. Um, uh, um, sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say, that, like, this is the game. <laughs> this yeah. is the game. For, for all that stuff to, you know, 
get corrected here and really work on it. Totally, totally. And Brashad Perryman, I'm just, I'm so upset with him right now because I did like him. I saw him as a great guy with a lot of speed coming from Cleveland. He kind of stepped up his game a little bit um, because, you know, he was infamous for a very long time with just dropping the ball when he shouldn't be dropping the ball. And that's what we've seen from him these first two games is he's in situations where he lets go of a football when he should not. I think of that drop touchdown against Carolina. Jameis put it right in the bread basket, and he just could not hang on to that ball. Um, and then I think about all the wide receiver talent the Bucks carried into the season. You got guys like Justin Watson, who I honestly think deserves a little bit bigger of a shot. Like I think I'd like to see him in that offense at a bigger capacity. Uh, Scotty Miller, who is stuck around, but you know he, he's another one of the rookies. But Justin Watson is a guy that I think can fill the spot of Perryman and potentially do a little bit better of a job than Brashad has done so far. Yeah, man. I, I you know, like like I said, I'm such a big Brashad Perriman fan. He was <laughs> he was one of my guys, you know. And for the big one, oh, the big one, that drop touchdown against Carolina. Yeah, that that hurt my soul. Okay, I was not happy with that and he he does need to get back on track because he looked so good in training camp and he had some good moments in preseason too now it's like what happened <laughs> like, what, <laughs> what what happened where right. are your hands like where are your hands now man like yeah. you had him in preseason so you know he he's just got to get better justin watson that's definitely an interesting option um bobo wilson's still on the roster too and bruce arians has been high on bobo wilson um recently saying you know he's had a good camp he, you know, had some good preseason moments, so he could also get involved in the offense. And then Scotty Miller, that's a big one. Um, he's been inactive for the first two games, so it, it kind of makes you think, like, what's going on with Scotty Miller? Is he in the doghouse because he, you know, was lingering coming back from the injury? Right. Is he not doing enough? What's going on there? So Watson, Boba Wilson, something to consider, right? Yeah. Definitely. I think in Bobo Wilson, I like Bobo as a returner. I think he's a solid returner. And during the preseason, the, I hated seeing Ronald Jones as a returner. And I'm glad that that's not really a thing now. Oh, yeah. um, but Bobo Wilson can fit in there very, very well. And of course, you know, he's a guy where him and Jameis don't have to work on any chemistry because they've played football together for pretty much their entire career so far. Um, so those guys have a natural chemistry, but again, there's just so much you can do with that position with all the talent that we have. So if we have another week from Bashad Perryman, in my opinion, it's no question that he should be moved around and doing something else because you've got other guys who earn their spot on this team and I think can do just as much um, as he's doing and, you know, maybe catch the football. <laughs> I mean, hey, hey, you know what? Who knows, man? Maybe they put O.J. Howard in the slot, something right? like that. Yeah. See what we do there. So let me bring That'd be something. Let me bring something up about O.J. really quick, and I want to get your take on it. So like you said, O.J., this year was supposed to be his breakout year. And, of course, we still have three quarters of football left to play, a little more than that. But right. we haven't seen him show up yet. If he shows up against New York, then that's great. It's exactly what we're looking for. But what are your thoughts on all of these fans saying we should package OJ Howard and trade him for Jalen Ramsey. Nope. I, <laughs> you know, I, I look, don't understand, I, dude. Look, I love everyone. Okay. Everybody's entitled to their opinion. That's fine. I, uh, I saw JC Cornell on Twitter. He talked about it, said package OJ Howard. Um, that's fine. 
That's fine. I don't have a problem with that. But me personally, don't agree with that. <laughs> I just don't agree with that. You know, uh, I look at. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. Well, I, I saw Trevor Sikama say on Twitter weeks ago, maybe even months ago, he said that OJ Howard is literally one of the most untouchable players on this Buccaneers team because of how rare of a talent he is at the tight end position. Uh, he's got the freakishly athletic size. He's as big as Mike Evans, if not bigger, you know. He's actually able um, to block now, which is something he had to work on. Yeah, and he can block, you know. He's a mismatched nightmare, something that doesn't happen often with tight ends. He, the guy's as fast as wide as a wide receiver. Oh, yeah. You know, th this guy's basically a, a wide receiver in just a larger, you know, bulkier body. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, so I remember a while ago, Trevor Sikama tweeted that out and said, like, this guy is literally, like, should be untouchable. So I've seen the people say, you know, package him up, send him out, ship him out. Let's go get Jalen Ramsey. And, you know, my thought process was, was, uh, what happened? I thought we were all on board with <laughs> O.J. Howard. I, I saw, uh, I saw on Twitter, Thomas Bassinger, a guy that I don't agree with all the time, but he did throw something up that I had to agree with. It was basically what I had said, where two weeks ago, everyone's saying O.J. is the next great tight end on this team. He's going to break out this year. And then now everyone's saying we should package trade him and send him to, uh, to Jacksonville for... Jalen Ramsey, it you might hurt yourself flip-flopping that hard. Like, you might <laughs> actually end up hurting yourself, and we'll have to put you on injured reserve for the rest of the year. But going back to what I was saying, O.J. Howard, we look at all of the hindsight moves that the Buccaneers have made with former talent, some guys who have been able to blossom like never before on other teams, a lot of them Super Bowl champions, Aqib Tlaib, uh, LeGarrette Blunt. These guys have made things happen. Most of them going to the Patriots. You right. can add. Yeah. You can. You can. Hey, you know who you can add to that list now? Michael Caleb Bennett. freaking Beninock. Caleb Beninock. Yeah, got signed by the Pats a little earlier this week. I remember seeing that. What, eight teams worked him out or something? Yes. What is happening? Uh, Caleb Beninock is a Patriot now. I did not believe it when people told me that. And I said, that's not real. And I checked Twitter, and, and sure enough, Caleb Beninock is on the freaking Patriots now. He am... is going to go to the playoffs. He might win a Super Bowl this year. Uh, Caleb Beninock might win a Super Bowl this year, Rhett. I am so excited to watch the next Patriots game and Caleb Beninock just completely blow his block. And then Tom Brady gets ass blasted in the pocket. Like I'm I'm so excited to see how Patriots fans react to that. And who knows? Maybe he'll go up there and elevate his game and be the next be uh the, the next best offensive lineman that the New England Patriots have. But it just, it's such a weird move. Like Yeah. I don't know, man. I didn't think if any team was going to pick him up, I didn't think it was going to be the Patriots. I know he had worked out for the Texans and I saw some Texas fans saying like, you know, I'll pass on this guy because I've heard about the horror stories from all the Tampa fans. So, oh yeah, God it, man, it'll be interesting. See, now you can add Caleb Bennett on that list. Michael Bennett, Blunt, Talib, Revis, uh, you know all these players. It all goes back to Steve Young and and Bo Jackson at the end of the day. Uh, but you know it, it's just like we have a history of players leaving and doing amazing. And I think if you got rid of a guy like O.J. Howard. You would you would immediately add him to that list. <laughs> yeah, 
that's just so weird, man. But yeah, you know, OJ Howard is a guy where if he were to go somewhere, he would be the next George Kittle. And I say that because like there was a time where the NFL would not shut up about George Kittle. And I mean, they probably won't again because San Francisco looks like a pretty good team so far. But oh, yeah, yeah OJ Howard would be the next big success story if the Buccaneers moved on from him, which I don't think they're going to do, and which I think a lot of people should stop thinking they're going to do because Jalen Ramsey de- uh, demands money up front, and guess what? The Bucks don't have money up front. <laughs> yeah, well, no, I, I, I was initially on board with it. You know, I've calmed down since then. It would be fun. You can't say, oh, it yeah. Wouldn't, you oh, know, yeah, you no doubt. You can't say it wouldn't be, but throwing OJ Howard in. No, I mean, you know, if in the people saying, well, he's a bust anyway, it's, it, just give it more time, man. It's been two weeks. I, Everybody said that about Vita Vea. He did great the second half of last year. Everybody said that about Ronald Jones. Look yeah. what happens whenever you start giving Ronald Jones the ball. He actually looks like a good runner. So, man, it's two weeks. We were all on board with him at the start of the year. Just can we please stay on board for once? Well, and that's a big thing as well, too, for OJ. It's been two weeks, and in those two weeks, he has not played very good football. I don't think he got targeted at all against Carolina. Um, And then, of course, San Francisco, he had probably the worst game of his career. But you brought up guys like Vita Vea and Ronald Jones. I'll say this, for OJ, I don't think it's like a football-shaped thing. I think it's purely confidence. Because yeah. he has not played any game like that before. And to follow it up with a game where you don't get involved whatsoever, I'm sure for him, this game is a chance to really just feel confident in himself again and really get involved in what this offense is trying to do because he is a big part in it. And uh, if they want to put points on the board, he's going to have to be a big part in it because you want to utilize all the options that you have if you're Jameis Winston. So... I think it's a chance for him to definitely step up and feel a little bit better after this game because, again, the Giants' defense is – I just don't think they're going to have an answer for him. I don't. I think we'll see another one of those big PA rollouts that we normally do where OJ is wide open 30 yards down the field and he just walks yeah. right in. Kind of like that play. I think we saw one against New York in that 35-38 to game, and then we saw the same play against the Bills. You know what I'm talking about? Um, vaguely, yes. I vaguely know what you're talking about. Talk good. Um, well, I, I was gonna, I was gonna point out too was, uh, you know, he had those two rough games, and first game, you know, the 49ers linebacking core is pretty good. You have Fred Warner, you have Quan Alexander, D Ford's there. D Ford, I don't really know how good he is at coverage, but you got some fast linebackers there. Week two, you got Luke Keekley covering you, and yeah. Shaq Thompson's there. That's tough. <laughs> you know, and I think in that loss, Luke Keekley finished with damn near close to twenty tackles. Right? He had like seventeen. He did. That was yeah. He's a guy yeah. who can be productive even in a losing football game. Luke Keekley is a nightmare. Right. So you know he's going to get a softer matchup here against these Giants linebackers. You know he he has to. You know he will. I think he will have a bounce back game because. You know, this is this Giants defense, you know, 400 over 400 yards a game. That's not very good. <laughs> right. Right. You know, so uh, I, I think that OJ will benefit here. Uh, and like you said, confidence thing. I could see that being an issue, uh, especially since his first two years, you know, he came in and he was just so good right off the bat. Yeah. Uh, this is the game to build up his confidence, get him back on track for a lot of people. Just this offense in general. But OJ would be one of the biggest um boosts i guess you could say in terms of confidence in terms of getting back on track and taking a look at 
some other pieces of this offense. We talked about building confidence. I think another guy that we should talk about for a second is quarterback Jameis Winston. Um, He had a fairly good game against Carolina. Wasn't a superstar game, but he didn't turn the ball over, and he didn't make any costly mistakes, except for that near interception against the guy we were just talking about, Luke Kuechly. But other than that, a fairly clean game for Jameis. But I'll say the first half of that game, he wasn't as confident as he could have been. We saw him come out, look a little anxious, you know, got some happy feet in the pocket. This is a chance for him to just capitalize and kind of improve on what he showed us against Carolina because, again, this Giants defense is not that great. So if you're going to slice and dice anyone up, it's going to be these guys. And uh, with a chance to do that, you can build your confidence. You can feel a little bit better just – don't turn the ball over. Please don't turn the ball over because this is the Giants team who has shown that they can't turn the ball over. Um, so I think Jameis is in a position where it's really going to be on him how he ends up playing this week. Oh, yeah, man. I You know, last week against the Panthers, it, it did. Uh, you know, you said he looked anxious. To me, he looked, like, worried. You right. know, he, he looked like he was sitting there and the only thing going through in his mind was, like, don't turn the ball over. Just do not turn the ball over, Jameis. You know, he's just telling himself that. You know, he looked like his life depended on it, which, yeah. you know, which, and he, fair credit, he had a good game. So, so uh, I'm not saying he should think that way every game, but he didn't, he, he almost didn't look like Jameis out there. You know what I mean? Yeah. He, he which, looked very composed. Right. Which, hey, if, that, if, com- if composed Jameis means no turnovers, Keep on being composed, man. <laughs> you know, I mean, do whatever you got to do. Um, yeah. But I do, I do want to see the momentum's back in his favor. You know, he had that really bad game against San Francisco. Came in, really cleaned up some stuff against the Carolina. Was spotless. You know, so the Giants is just another game to just keep on throwing that momentum towards his direction. Um. He, he's literally, this. The, you know, people are saying, oh, this is the perfect game for, for Daniel Jones. This is the perfect game for Jameis Winston. Yeah. You oh, know? yeah, no doubt. You know, I mean, every, you know, whatever. It's national media. You know how it is, man. It, all the time. So uh, let's talk about the national media really quick. Believe it or not, there's a lot of outlets picking the Bucks to win this game, something we don't see very often. Praise the Lord. Right? He is good. Oh, man. It's, it's about time. I mean, geez. You know, I mean, uh, our defense is coming together. Offense improved last week dramatically. You know, I was actually, it was pretty shocking how good, how efficient, not even efficient, but how mistake-free our offense was, you know? Right. We didn't have any, like, Bucks plays. You know, like, bad Bucks plays. Except for calling two timeouts in a row, but you can't really put that on the offense. Right, and Bruce, (laughs) Bruce even said about that, he was like, yeah, it was my bad. I messed up. <laughs> you know, but you know, whatever. That's fine. I didn't even know you could call two timeouts in a row. Honestly, I, yeah, like I didn't think they would let you. I did not think that was allowed, but they did it somehow. But um, oh man, you know, so that's good. That's good that they're finally working on it. We still don't. You know, it's weird. I, I I read those power rankings sometimes. Yeah, and we beat the Panthers, and they're zero and two. Okay, Rhett. Yeah, I'm following. And teams still have the Panthers above us in the power rankings. I don't know why that's the case. <laughs> uh, you know, in the same breath that we just said, the national media picked the Bucks to win this week. Um, 
that's just the national media, James. You and I both know that the people who make those power ranking lists do not watch Tampa Bay football. That's yeah, that's true. That's as true, sad man. as it is, it's a harsh truth, but at the end of the day, it's stuff I typically don't pay attention to, but I won't lie. When I see one of those power ranking videos pop up and you can see the Bucks move up positions, makes you feel a little bit good. It gives me that warm feeling in my chest. I'm like, yeah, we're getting somewhere. Oh yeah, just just keep on keep on bumping us up, man. National yeah, media, can you can yeah. you get on board with us, please? Finally, it's been years now. Yeah, you know? really. I, I think I think they're scared. I think they're scared because they had the hard knocks year. We had the hard knocks year, and everybody was like, okay, yeah, national media is like, let's do it. And then we just really, really let down their expectations. <laughs> so now they're like, ah, no, we're not going to touch you guys anymore. It's fine. You yeah, know? really. Yeah, but really. I, I will say this, man. I mean, that defense, our defense does deserve national credit, okay? It, it has been such a, a bright spot to this team so far. Absolutely. You know? Todd Bowles is a guy who deserves all the credit in the world because what we're seeing with this new scheme we're just seeing guys play to the absolute best of their abilities. Ever since this new scheme has been implemented, Vernon Hargraves III looks like a first-round pick. Uh, Shaq Barrett, again, has really stepped up. Kevin Minter in a backup position looks great. I mean, oh yeah, they know how to use these guys, and they know what they're good at and what they're not. And, you know, when you're able to do that, you occasionally find guys getting into a groove like Shaq Barrett did because you look at all three of his sacks – it really wasn't any help that he had. I mean, I'm not going to say that, you know, having those two big hosses in the middle, Vita Veyan and Damakasu, isn't going to help you out getting pressure on the quarterback. Oh, but yeah. Shaq Barrett was simply beating the offensive tackle. Like, that's just, that's how it was, you know? So yeah. when these guys are playing to their strengths, it's amazing to think of what they can do. Three sacks in one game, NFC Player of the Week, I'll take it. Yeah, that, that's what I. That's that is a good point. Is we're we're kind of slowly getting a little bit more recognition. Shaq Barrett, uh, defensive player of the week. That was awesome to see. Yeah, um, first so he, player think, to do it on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers <clears throat> since 2015. Ooh, it's been four years since a defensive player has won NFC Player of the Week for the Bucks. Yes, that's that's upsetting. But uh, you know, I saw Shaq on Good Morning Football. That was great to see. It reminded yeah. me a lot of. Uh, I don't Jacquees Smith when he was uh when he was like on a NFL football live or something like that when he was the sack leader like five six years ago that's what it reminds me of but then Jacquees Smith went down with injuries so uh you know Shaq Barrett hey he's six sacks away now from double digit sacks he's already at four in two games that's insane to me so and that's that's the crazy part is when you compare this defense to past year's defense i remember the first year we had jpp and he was productive right where mm. everybody's counting down till he gets to double digit sacks because nobody's done it in a while he ends up finishing with a great year but like you said Shaq barrett already almost halfway there through two games so yeah. it really leads me to believe that there are going to be some very very productive moments from not only Shaq barrett but just other guys on this defense throughout the rest of the year and i mean you basically just can't say enough good things about this defense. No, that's that's what I'm saying, man. Is this defense right now top 10, you know, and, you know, at least top 10 defense right now. And I don't think that's me being overly optimistic. I think that they, you know, I know it's only been two weeks, but 
man, they've looked good for two weeks. Jimmy G, yeah. you know, the golden boy, essentially, of San Francisco now, they held him in check rel- with relative ease. And then you stop a combination of Cam Newton and Christian McCaffrey. And I know Cam Newton, he's not 100%, and that's fine, but it's still number one overall, former number one overall pick, so- former Super Bowl you know, appearance, former MVP quarterback, Cam freaking Newton, you know? Right. You you stopped a former MVP, a former Super Bowl appearance guy, you know, and Christian McCaffrey, top five running back in the game. That's tough for that defense to do. If this was the defense last year, no way that would have happened. Well, then why no. do you, you know, let's look at the last time the Giants played the Bucks. the final score, 38 to 35. Yeah. I do not believe for a minute that either of these teams are going to score more than 30 points on Sunday. And if they do, it'll be because the Buccaneers have a pick six. Right, right, <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> I, You know, this is just such a different brand of Tampa Bay football. And I'll be honest, you know, we've been doing this show for close to three years. It's kind of hard to predict now. Because like, I did not expect this defense to come out and be the strong point of this football team. I truly did not. And I'm very excited that it is. No, I, you're right, man. It, it is really surprising. I know that everybody wants to see that that kind of air raid, like just go, you know, 400 passing yards a game offense that we saw from Todd Munkin and from uh, Dirk Cutter. And that was fun. That was fun. But what I think that we're seeing now, what Bruce Arians has basically admitted to, is that we're a team that's going to have a good defense we're a team that's going to run the ball a lot. Um, and he, oh, yeah. he said, you know, he said that multiple times. So I think the days of like this insane, you know, let's just throw it 50 times a game and get Jameis Winston 400 yards. Sure, he throws four picks or something like that. But hey, he threw for 400 <laughs> yards. So that's hey, the fun. Bucks are a top 10 defense at the end of the year. So, yeah, none of that matters. Yeah. You go know, five and 11 again, though. Yeah. You know, so what I think now is what we're seeing is the the defense is just looking great and the offense is going to be efficient enough to to win us games yep. you know and and I like that I, I kind of like that it, it's good it limits it, it doesn't like limit Jameis Winston but it takes a lot of that off of him well and, and it, that that's something as well that we've talked about for so many years with Jameis is that he's never had a defense. He's never had an offensive line. He's never had a run game. And so far, it looks like he has all three of those things this season. The offensive line looks fairly good. They look really, really good in run blocking um, oh, yeah. and opening up lanes for guys to run. And I wanted to talk about the running backs here in a second. But the defense, of course, we just talked about how good they look. So for Jameis Winston, he has less pressure but I'll say that his expectations have been lowered a little bit in my book because I'm not expecting Jameis to throw for 400 yards every week. I am totally okay with a stat line that says 189 yards, two touchdowns, zero interceptions. That's oh a-okay for me. <laughs> oh my gosh, I'd, I'd, I'd be crying. Uh, tears of joy if Jameis did that every week. That'd right. be great, you know? Um but that, that's, you know, I know people don't like that. They want to see, you know, Jameis Winston go out there, get the big flashy stats and whatnot. But who cares as long as we're winning games? Exactly. Jameis ain't, ain't going to care as long as we're winning games, you know. <laughs> you know, he just, oh, man, I didn't have 400 yards. But <laughs> we won the bummer. game. 
Yeah, you know, it's like, but you won, you won the game. Who cares if we go to the playoffs or something like that, or we we have a winning season? None of that matters. Yeah. You know, you know, the four hundred yards is nice, but if you're five and eleven two years in a row, cough cough dirt cutter era, uh, you know, then it doesn't matter how how many yards you get. You know. Yeah. And when it does come to Jameis, I'll say this before we kind of move on and we'll go over the running backs and then we'll do a little bit of a checklist about what the Bucks need to do here. But last thing I'll say about Jameis Winston, you don't expect those superstar games from him anymore. You really don't need him to throw for that many yards. But I'll say this, for him to prove that he is a franchise quarterback, which, you know, he holds franchise records and that's fine and dandy. But at the end of the day, like you said, we're not winning games. For him to prove that things are really starting to look his way at the quarterback position, and he's finally starting to get his grips on things. I need him to have one of those moments. And by one of those moments, I mean, let's say this Sunday, 24 to 20. 24 to 20. Okay. Tampa Bay Buccaneers get the ball their own 20-yard line after a touchback. They've got a minute 48 left on the clock. One timeout. I would like to see Jameis Winston confidently and competently lead the offense down the field and put up that big game-winning touchdown. Because to me, that's integrity that a franchise quarterback should be trusted to do. And I like Jameis. I want him to succeed. But right now, if you put him in that position, just like we were against San Francisco... I was just about to say. <laughs> I don't entirely trust that it can get done, and I need to see that from him before I'm entirely sold. Because, yes, he doesn't have to be a superstar, but he can't be throwing interceptions on drives that are supposed to win us a game. Right, exactly. You know, like, you know, everybody likes to see hero Jameis uh, sometimes, uh, you know, and but like what you said, like, they're, you know, and while we don't need to see that all the time, there are moments where you need to see can your quarterback be clutch? Right. And he had that moment. He he had the chance in San Francisco. Things did not go his way. Um, he, he you know he he needs to prove himself now, redeem himself in a way as well. So if that opportunity comes up against the Giants, that will be a very interesting thing to keep an eye on. Yeah. Uh, is is how Jameis Winston does in that clutch scenario. So yeah, I agree with you, man. Uh, he he really does need to. Uh, yeah, I'm not saying let's get let's give him an opportunity like that. Let's almost <laughs> lose the game. But uh, if that comes up, that's one of the things where you go, okay, if he gets this, you know, if he, if he can do it, we can um we can sit there and you know kind of get back on it. You know, yeah. I'm not saying that we're I'm not saying that we're off the Jameis Winston train, but it's just like you know he needs to prove himself again. Yeah. You know, as a, yeah, because he can put up the numbers. We've seen it before. He's a talented guy. And listen, with as bad as the Giants' defensive, he can probably throw for 350 yards and three touchdowns this week, and that's fine and dandy. But it's just those moments that characterize a franchise quarterback, and, and we haven't seen one of those moments from Jameis in quite some time. So it'll be interesting to see. I don't know if we'll get the opportunity to see it against New York because – I personally don't see this game coming down to the wire like that. You never know any given Sunday in the NFL. But even if we don't get that opportunity from Janus this week, it would be nice to see it sometime before the season is over. One last right. thing we'll talk about on the offense, and then we'll do a quick checklist of what the Bucks need to do to win this game. The running yeah. game, I'm very excited. 
Because oh, yeah. what we've seen so far is that Peyton Barber and Ronald Jones are both very productive running backs. And depending on who they throw in there, they could throw both of them in there. You really never know because it's a week-by-week thing. I'm just excited to see what they can do because this Giants defense, again, you kind of point to their weaknesses. Uh, they give up quite a bit of yards, and I'm expecting some of those yards to be on the ground this week, right? Yeah, it'll it'll be interesting, man. I you know, I, I think the plan usually has been the first two weeks at least is Peyton Barber gets the first crack. Depending on how he does, either Ronald Jones will get some more work or he'll kind of only get a few touches. Uh, I think that's been the process through, through the uh, first two games. Yeah. So they both looked great. I think you could have either one be your starting running back for a full game, and they would both do really good. So... I'm. I really want to see this run game, like you, like we said earlier. Bruce Arians, he seemingly wants to be a run first team now, um, which is you know going to be interesting. Um, and it should and it'll be cool because you know initially everybody thought Peyton Barber. Eh, you know, I, I, I saw Bucks fans were kind of wishy washy about Peyton Barber, but he's come in and he's done the work. You know. Oh yes. So, and for Ronald Jones to have the bounce back that he's had so far, especially given the year he had last year where Dirk Cutter basically just, not even basically, Dirk Cutter didn't play him. So now Bruce Arian says, I'm going to give you a chance, and he's taking that chance, and he's literally running with it. Um, <laughs> I see what you did. Oh, there you go. I'm sure <laughs> everybody has used that joke. But, uh, you know, <laughs> it'll be nice to see. I'm excited about the run game, too. I think that we have a legitimate rushing attack in both of those guys. Um, against this New York Giants team, like we've said, their linebackers are a bit iffy. Um, this should be a game where I could see both of them excelling. You yeah. know, uh, much like in week one, uh, or maybe not so much week one, but uh, I could see, you know, like I said, this is a game where I could see both of them getting maybe, like, over 10 carries a piece, maybe depending on how the game flow goes and both of them having a productive day. Yeah. If I've got to predict anything, I think this is the game that Ronald Jones finally breaks that big one, whether it's for a touchdown or not. I think he'll maybe have a 15 plus yard run and that'll be pretty cool to see. So yeah. the running backs, we're going to look for them to be productive. The offense is going to have to mesh. So let's do a quick checklist of what the bucks have to do to win this football game and then we're going to pack up and get out of here. So, first things first. On defense, you got to hold Saquon Barkley to under 100 yards. He is a next-level running back and a guy who can basically shape the game. <laughs> like, if the yeah. offense, you know, if the offense for the Giants can't get anything going, but Saquon has 140 yards plus, this is going to be a close football game whether we like it or not because you have to have an answer for a guy like that, and that's a big test for the Bucks defense. Right, I, I agree 100%. The, the guy, Saquon, is such a rare talent. I mean, people knocked the Giants. He was drafted number three overall, right, in in yeah. his draft. What was it, 2016 draft, 2017 draft? I think 2017. 2017 draft. He was drafted number three overall, and everybody said, Ah, oh, Giants, you suck. But it's, it's like, man, he's so good. <laughs> like it's insane how good Saquon Barkley is. Yeah. Like you said, he can shape a game. He can be a game wrecker, you know, um for opposing defenses. So you really got to contain him. That's literally pr that is priority number 1 and before anything. Number that 2 is... in the 2018 draft, by the way. I had to do a quick Google search on that one cuz I, I 
you know, it's hard to believe with as good as he is, he's been in the league for this is his second year. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. It's it's kind of crazy to believe. You know, so he he literally is that entire New York Giants offense. You know, more so than I think Christian McCaffrey is for the Carolina Panthers. I think yeah. that it's Saquon. That's it. You know, yeah. the, that's 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 what makes it even crazier is he is so good. Defenses know he's their entire offense, and there still is some situations where they can't do anything about it. Exactly. So that's priority number one. Get Vita Vey on him. Get uh, Indomitian Sue on him. Get William Golston on him, who's actually been looking pretty decent through these first two games in run defense. Oh, yeah. Um, if Devin White can go, you know, I don't know if Devin White's going to be able to play in this game or not, but if he can, get Devin White on him. Levante David, Lord, get Levante David <laughs> on Saquon Barkley, like, now. Okay? Like, do seriously. whatever you've got to do to shut yeah. this guy down. Five, six guys. I don't care what you got to do. Just get everybody on there. Our defensive backs tackling is going to be really important, too, um, considering, you know, we could see a lot of outside stretch runs with Saquon Barkley. How our defensive backs tackle is going to be really important. Jordan Whitehead, I think, is going to be a huge piece into stopping Saquon Barkley. Oh, yeah. He'll be that last line of defense. And, I mean, he's a guy who so far has proven that he can tackle just about anybody. Right. So, I'm... I'm, I think justifiably concerned about Saquon Barkley. That is literally <laughs> priority number one. So priority number one on the checklist, make sure you hold Saquon Barkley to under 100 yards. Do whatever you got to do to shut that guy down because New York leans on him like a crutch. Second on the checklist, you got to put pressure on Daniel Jones. Yes, we just talked about how much they utilize Saquon Barkley. But Daniel Jones is a rookie coming into his first game in the NFL. You do not want to make things comfortable for him. If you can rattle him in the first half, that's all you got to do, man. He'll be inaccurate, and he'll be kind of scared in the second half. So uh, number two on the checklist, welcome the rookie to the NFL. Oh, exactly. You know, I, I, Shaq Barrett even said uh, when they asked him about it, he smiled, and he goes, oh, yeah, we're going to welcome him, you know, <laughs> to paraphrase there. But Shaq Barrett, Carl Nassib, you know, they've looked great as pass rushers so far. Get him in there. Anthony Nelson, you know, really got some momentum going last game against the Panthers. Um, oh, yeah, he, had he had that one of... tip pass. Yeah. Even every Andy... bit of that 6-7 frame. I like that guy. And he had the forced fumble um, on a cam, I believe. Oh, yeah. So, very true. so uh, get get some things going with those pass rushers. Sue Vitavea, I mean, Lord have mercy on that offensive line because they're going to need it. Because uh, those two are just monsters, <laughs> you know yeah. those guys. Those guys are <laughs> insane. And then you factor, you know, you factor in Shaq Barrett. He, Shaq Barrett literally has all the momentum in the world right now. Um, and you gotta make Jones uncomfortable. I don't care if there there might be some Giants fans there, you know. And oh, it's a comfortable away game because there's fans. Oh, man. Daniel Jones ain't going to be comfortable if he's got Indomitian Sue, Vita Vea, Shaq Barrett, Carl Nassib in his face consistently like they've been shown to do in these first two games. So make him uncomfortable. The defensive backs, I think, are still going to continue to be sticky in their coverages, which is going to make it even more difficult for Daniel Jones. You really got to pressure him. I know he's the sixth overall pick, and that's that's cool. That's awesome. But um, you really got to bring that pressure, make him uncomfortable, force him to make some bad throws. He he will do it if there is pressure. He's a rookie. Rookies do that. Exactly. So 
this will be interesting to see. This is um, going to be another really important aspect, especially, um, you know, in their halves of the field and stuff like that. You know, if you force some turnovers or force some punts in their own territory, that's going to be huge. No doubt. And the last thing on our checklist today has to do with the offensive side of the ball. Right. Offense has really got to mesh, but to do that, this run game has got to get going. So number three on the checklist, get the run game going. Like we had just said, you've got a two-headed monster back there with Peyton Barber and Ronald Jones who have both been productive. But if you can get those guys rolling, that really opens up the door for not only Jameis Winston to get comfortable, but everyone else around them to really just kind of open up. You find your mismatches. You find where you can abuse that Giants defense, and then you just go from there. So get the run game going. That's going to be really, really important to putting, game, uh, putting numbers on the board. Oh, exactly. You know, like yeah that's that's gonna be so important it sets up so so much for this offense it's gonna make james winston more comfortable the running backs you're gonna have a good day um it's just gonna help out so much you know it's gonna it's gonna tire out that giants defense it's gonna be really huge um because the longer the longer drives that you sustain the longer those drives go on the defense is gonna be out there more they're gonna be getting tired just keep an efficient run game going and it makes life so much better we just saw it against the panthers when you have a good run game your offense is in so much of a better position than you having to pass the ball a lot because you're down in a game so you know keep that running game going peyton barber ronald jones really awesome back so far um, can I add something to the checklist, by the way? Totally, man. Feel free. Beautiful. I want to add a fourth point to the checklist, which is please, for the love of God, clean up the penalties. Oh, yeah. Clean up the penalties. Eight accepted penalties in game one. Twelve accepted penalties in game number two. A lot of these penalties are coming on the offensive side of the ball as well, specifically the offensive line. Can't have that. <clears throat> it's a lot of, and it's a lot of. Uh, we've used the term before. It's a lot of bucks beating bucks. It's a lot of <laughs> stupid penalties that can be avoided, and it just comes down to discipline. So it's yeah. stuff that's got to be cleaned up. But yeah, this is a team that, if you're gonna beat a team like the Giants, don't let them beat you with your own penalties. Right, because that's that's the thing, man. That's the thing is, team like the New York Giants, you know, you know, you might have them, and you know bad situations you know you might be winning but if you keep on getting these penalties you let a team like the new york giants come back into that game you know and we we can't have that okay we just simply can't have that i think the league average is five to six penalties buccaneers are way above that at this point one of the most penalized teams in the league right now clean it up because when you clean up those penalties you know you 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 i guarantee you this buccaneers team will look so much better than they than they've looked you yeah. know yeah uh they will look so much better they won't stop shooting themselves in the foot they'll be causing even more punts and even more uh good situations for their offense and defense so that's that's a really big thing i think so far that has been plaguing this buccaneers team is penalties if you clean up those penalties we're going to be so much better you know absolutely um, so, so i would say that's point number four is Clean up those penalties, man, because it's bad. <laughs> it's just bad. You're going to give Bruce Arians a heart attack. He can't have that. Yeah. Uh, Guy's 66 gets... years old. I mean, he's kicking out there with everything he has. Yeah, you know, man, so just don't get penalties. Bruce Bruce ain't going to handle it. He's got his, his list, his accountability sheet. You guys know you're going to keep on getting on that sheet and keep on getting yelled at about it, so just, just tone it down, okay? Absolutely. 
Absolutely. I am with you 100%, James, and I'm honestly surprised we didn't talk about that sooner. But to be frank, I'm just really, really excited to watch the Buccaneers play football again this Sunday because, yes, it's week three, but I'm still getting used to seeing these guys on my TV every Sunday. And you know what? I'm damn glad it's finally happening. So there is your checklist, what you got to do to beat the New York football giants. They're an 0-2 team. If you're the Bucks, we're going to find out just how good of a team they are. Because at the end of the day, good teams beat bad teams. But ladies and gentlemen, that's just about going to do it for this episode of the Cannon Fire Podcast. Thank you so much, James, for coming in and filling in last minute. Really coming in clutch. So uh, before we wrap up, tell us a little bit about your channel. And tell us a little bit about that Week 4 watch party you got going on. So, uh, you know, at Mr. Bucks Nation on YouTube, I talk about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I've been doing it for a couple years now. Almost, I think I've been doing it almost a little bit, not as long as you've been doing the Cannon Fire podcast here. Um, but I've been doing it for a couple of years now. I've been talking about the Bucks. It's been a lot of fun. Um, had a lot of fun growing the community and whatnot and getting a lot of people involved. So that's all fun. Uh, September 29th, I do actually have a uh, game watch meetup type of thing that is going to be at Buffalo Wild Wings. Um, if you guys want to go find out more information about that, you can go to my channel to go check it out. Let me actually uh, hold on, Rhett. <laughs> I need to pull no, it up here. <laughs> let, me, good, man. Let, me pull, let me pull up the information here. Uh, but it'll be for the on. Rams game, and it'll be at the Buffalo it Wild will, Wings. It will be for the Rams game at the Buffalo Wild Wings. Hold on here. Hold your horses, everybody. I'm almost there. We just got to find out which Buffalo Wild Wings it is. Yeah, here it is. <laughs> so it's at Buffalo, <laughs> Buffalo Wild Wings, 4075 Park Boulevard, North Pinellas Park, 33781. Buccaneers versus Rams, September 29th, 405 Eastern Standard Time. Rhett, you're going to be there, right? Yes, I am going to do my damnedest to make it out there. If I'm off that day from work, I will definitely be there. Yeah, so it's the first event I've ever done of something like this pretty excited for it very uh very excited to see how it goes and whatnot you know having everybody come together as a uh fan community and whatnot talking about some buccaneers football watching them play the rams it should be a lot of fun so i'm excited to have that event nice nice we're very very excited to be a part of it and i'm excited to be out there man it's gonna be a good time watching some buccaneers football you can follow me on social media at Redicus on Instagram and Twitter. You can follow my co-host today, James, on social media at Mr. Bucks Nation, Instagram and Twitter. Also check out his YouTube channel as well, where he does almost daily videos about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So a great product from James going on over there. Make sure you follow the show on social media. We are on Facebook at Cannon Fire Podcast, Instagram and Twitter. Same exact thing, Cannon Fire Podcast. And before we go, I've got to let you know about our newest sponsor, here on the show. Do you need printing? Do you have an image for your business? Well, Pinecrest Printing has you covered. They've been providing the Tampa Bay business community with quality commercial printing and design since 2001. Their printing professionals are ready to provide you with quality marketing solutions for today's industries. They're also the newest sponsor of the Cannon Fire podcast. Give them a call at 813-684-5444, or you can check out the website at pinecrestprinting.com. And if you're watching with video on YouTube, you might have noticed over my shoulder, we've got a brand new CFP Pinecrest Printing banner. That's a great sponsor gift for an awesome sponsor, and uh, who knows, maybe we'll have some new goodies to get hooked up with here over the next few months. Stay tuned. <laughs> 
pinecrestprinting.com. But ladies and gentlemen, that's all we have for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening and watching, whether it's on YouTube or BucksReport.com. James, thank you once again for coming on the show. Thank you for having me on, man. Greatly appreciated. And Evan and I will be back to talk to you guys Monday after the Giants game. So until then, I am Rhett, signing off for James, and we will talk to you later. Go Bucks. Go Bucks. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.